The following message is a presentation from Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore... I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and as we do, I want to praise the Lord for Miss Joanne being with us tonight. I know you were here, I think, last Sunday night, but I give praise to the Lord for your presence here tonight, and I know there's still some recovery, but uh, I'm thankful to see you in our midst tonight. And uh, God is good, isn't he? All the time. And we need to pray for Miss Joanne that God will bring her the, the rest of the way and Uh, Just strengthen her uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, and in every way. It's amazing how uh, these trials take their toll. But it's good to see you, and uh, it's a blessing to have you here. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And we thank you for um, Miss Joanne and bringing her through. And, Lord, we do ask just now in this moment, we ask that you would give her strength, that you would strengthen her with all might, in her inner man, that you would emotionally strengthen her, that you would mentally strengthen her, and that you just continue to restore her. Uh, Lord, we so appreciate her testimony to this church family of, of knowledge of the scripture and uh, of trust in it. And Lord, I pray that you just bring her to uh, just to full, full health. And we also just pray that we would be what we need to be to her and to others that are sick and going through trials. So Lord, we ask, uh, ask for your help in that way. We pray for our brother Larry Carr. We ask that you would strengthen him. We ask that your will would be done. We do pray that you would uh, bring him through. Thank you for his testimony and his concern for you and his commitment to you in these days. We just pray that you'd be with he and his wife, Karen, and we ask that you'd watch out over them. Now, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word, we ask that it would speak to our hearts. We would be edified and we'd be strengthened tonight. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The truth of the matter is, you and I do at times uh, get tired, we get discouraged, we get pressured. Um, It seems that as you talk to different leaders and and people in general, it seems that uh, we're facing more and more pressure in this world that we live in. Uh, There's so much that is uncertain. We talk about that, and it's really hard. How many of you find it hard not to talk about what's going on in the world around us? Uh, Anyone with me? How many of you find yourself, you know, starting up conversations about COVID or politics or different things, and it feels like you're just kind of pressured into that's what's on the mind, it's going on, you see it all around you, and, uh, and so on, or you talk about how crazy it is, and you know, we, we do feel the, the pressure of these days. Uh, it's, a, it's a reality. Uh, 
I was talking to one of my doctors, and he, he said, I, I mentioned to him a while back, I said, and Doc, I, I just feel tired. And he says, everyone's tired, Josiah. Everyone is tired. And you know, there's, there's truth in that. There's, there's, a, there's a whole lot that's going on in our world. There's stressors that are, that are there. It's a, it's a reality that we're living with. And uh, we're tempted sometimes to, to get a little discouraged and maybe even to throw in the towel. You know, is, it, is what I'm doing, is what I'm doing worth it? And we're sometimes tempted to just, you know what, wouldn't it be easier just to live for the here and now? Doesn't Psalm 37 say it, uh, something like this? Fret not thyselves because of evildoers who do what? You can talk to me. Who prosper in the way. Why does God have to put that in the Bible? Because we get fretting about evildoers who prosper in the way. You know, sometimes I find it interesting to look up who's the richest people in the world. And uh, you start realizing that these people, uh, they, they're, they're not moral. They're not, they, they, on the world stage, they're not moral, yet they have all this wealth. They don't have a care in the world concerning wealth. And you look at that and you're, you know what, it'd be nice to have, you know, just maybe a little bit of that, that wealth. You know what I'm talking about? You, you start to fret. You start to worry about because of those that are prospering in the way. And as I think about that, Paul has challenged Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The last time we were together in this, in this study, we looked at the first part of chapter number two, and we found that he said, hey, I want you uh, to endure hardness as a good soldier. No man that warreth, verse number four, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? So that he can please the one who's called him to serve. He says when an uh, uh, athlete goes out and strives for masteries, uh, we have the Olympics going on right now, when an athlete goes on and strives for masteries, strives for the win, he runs all. He doesn't go, you know what, you know, kind of get, um, get up to speed when, it, when I, I uh, feel, um, feel like it. No, he goes out there and he gives it his all. He doesn't just go out there to beat the air. He goes out there to give it his all. Every person competing in the, in the Olympics wants to win the gold. They want to go somewhere. They want to they win all. He goes on to talk about a farmer. Uh, that he's the one that labors, but he's the one that uh, receives his first fruits. And he gives all these illustrations of those that have to endure hardness in order to get to the finish line, in order to get the reward, in order to, uh, to be successful. And so as he finishes up this admonition to Timothy to be strong in grace, as he says in, in verse number one, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, he goes back to Jesus as the final example. And that's so important because we can look at other people and we can get really discouraged. You know, we see a little success in their life and boy, you know, they're doing really well and I'm not doing so well and we get all discouraged, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? We compare ourselves even though God says that that's not wise. How many of you have a problem with comparing yourself with somebody else? Yeah, right, we all do. You know what? Social media has really helped us out with that. You know, it's all over. Everyone has a good day on Instagram. Everyone has a good day uh, when, they're, when they're describing their life, right? Everyone has a good day. Um, and so we live in a world of constant pressure where we're, we literally, think about this, friends, we literally, because of technology, can be across the world and know what's going on on the other side of the world and then find out what's going on next door just with an instance. We can hear about a death next door and hear about a birth across the world and go on a roller coaster ride. You know what I'm talking about? And it all affects us because it's people that we care about and know. And you think about the pressure and the stressor of all that, 
and the, the, the need to continue to endure and go forward for the Lord Jesus Christ in these days and to withstand in the midst of all that, not throwing the towel, not to say, you know, I'm just going to live my life for the here and now. Paul was encouraging Timothy, I want you to be strong. I want you to go forward. I don't want you to give up. I want you to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. But if you're going to do that, Timothy, you need to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. And so notice what he says there in verse number eight. He says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David, was raised from the dead. Timothy, I want you just to stop here before we go any further. These are good illustrations of the, the, the soldier and the farmer and the athlete. These are great illustrations, but the greatest of all illustrations is our Lord Jesus Christ who did endure and went all the way to the finish line, and we must remember him. This word remember is the idea to remember and respond. So not just to remember, oh yeah, that's a good thought. Great memory but it is to respond from it. Allow it to motivate you. Allow it to push you forward in life. And this is a command that God is giving to us. He wants us to live in this way, constantly remembering the, the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. How would remembering the Lord Jesus Christ have changed the way that you went through a day this past week where you were super discouraged? Remembering his sacrifice, remembering his power, remembering who he is to you, how would that have changed your life a day this past week? You know, you ever get in one of those days you just kind of wake up and like you're just, you're kind of on a discouraged path going into the day? How many of you are like that with me? I woke up the, uh, this past Monday and I don't know what it was, but it just, that's, that's the way it was. My wife goes, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Have you ever been through one of those days? I don't know. Yeah, you're there and you wake up. How does remembering Jesus and who he is to you change when we're in the midst of that? How does it give us the courage to endure and to go forward and say, you know, I'm going to think on truth and not, not allow Satan's lies to get in here. And Timothy was being encouraged by Paul. Hey, remember, remember the Lord Jesus Christ, specifically what happened to him when he was raised from the dead. And so here's the things Timothy needed to remember about Christ. He needed to remember the triumph of Christ in there in verses 8 and 9, uh, the triumph over death. Well, that's a pretty big triumph. We don't read in the newspaper about people rising from the dead. We don't read that on Facebook or anywhere else. You know, people can be having a really good day on Facebook, but no one talks about people rising from the dead. This is what Jesus is, uh, is said here that we are to remember that he triumphed over the grave. Remember that Jesus of the seed of David was raised from the dead. And how do we know that? According to the gospel that I've preached to you, Timothy. According to the gospel I preached all over Asia Minor, according to the gospel that I preached, the gospel message that I'm preaching declares that Jesus triumphed over death. When you have a problem that's too big, a situation that discourage you, discourages you, you have an unanswered prayer, a burden on your heart, something that's just there and it nags at you and it nags and it nags at you what happens when you stop and consider that jesus christ raised from the dead that's what he's telling timothy timothy you may want to quit there's some scorners there's some false teachers that get in the way there's some people that subvert people and turn them out of the way there's some silly women that go into houses and and and, and subvert people as it says there in, in timothy there's some false doctrine there's some people that are really really steeped in their in their uh, in their mystical ways and they're getting in, 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 into the mix here and they're causing you trouble in the church. Timothy, you want to quit? Timothy, you're tired of scoffers, of false teachers, troublemakers? Stop. Remember Jesus. 
you know, it would do us a lot of good to remember that Jesus, to pause in the middle of the week, to pause in a night like this, and remember Jesus is not in the grave. No one else can say that. No other religion can say that. He's not in the grave. What's your problem tonight? Jesus is not in the grave. I'm not saying that in a sarcastic way, like belittling your problem. Your problem is real to you. I mean, it's, it, it's real. It's, a, it's something that you have to remember from this morning, go through, and that's not always pleasant. And sometimes I'm going through a problem, it's like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't know if I'm going to come out the other side of this thing. But what's your problem tonight? And we need to remember Jesus raised from the dead. You're th- I'm struggling with enduring through. Jesus raised from the dead according to the gospel, according to the good news. What problem is left after that? Is there one? No, if, if God raised him from the dead and he did, the same power that brought him out of the grave is the same power that works in your life and the same God that uh, says uh, that he will bring all things and work all things together for good to them that love him, right? To them that are called according to his purpose. And so God is working in our lives and he wants us to realize we can endure because he triumphed over death. Praise the Lord for that. He triumphed over, uh, over the power of, of evil. Uh, and I think about his, his um, power over the grave means that you know all the evil people that are reigning around in this country right now, they're no match for God. Uh, no match for the Delta variant. You, know, you think about this. God is bigger than all this stuff. God is amazing. And his power is way stronger than the sin that you, know, you seem to continually struggle with. You know, oh, that's... That, why do I do that? Why do I keep uh, making that same mistake? You know, God's bigger than that. He triumphed over it. Jesus triumphed over death, but notice here, it says in verse number nine, Paul goes, this is the cause of my suffering. In this gospel ministry is why I'm suffering. I'm, I'm afflicted. I am experiencing physical harm, emotional pain, and this is my day-to-day routine. You know, Paul had quite a laundry list of things that he went through, right? And he did resist unto blood. He certainly did. Paul knew the cost of preaching the gospel. And he says, wherein I suffer. In this ministry, I'm suffering as an evildoer, as a criminal. You know, it's really hard when you're accused of being something, you know, accused of doing something wrong that you know you've not done. Think about the Apostle Paul. He lived his life with people saying, that's a, that's a criminal right there. He says, I suffer as an evil doer, even unto bonds, even unto imprisonment. Does that scare you? Does the thought of imprisonment scare you? Does the thought of imprisonment for your faith scare you? You know, I think uh, just this past week I was reading about how over in Nigeria uh, there is many people, that uh, Christians who are suffering for their faith and uh, some 3,000 just in Nigeria this year, 2021, have been killed, martyred for their faith. You think about that. That's going on in the world around us. There's things that we don't know what's going on in the world around us, but the fact is that's going on, and there's, there's those that are, are, are martyred for their faith, but there's many that are imprisoned for their faith. And Paul says, you know, I suffer even to the point that I am going to prison for my faith. You, know, you think about that. How, how can you spread the gospel inside a prison? What good is a, is a Christian inside a prison? Oh, Paul found that out. 
uh, he, he did all sorts of things inside of prisons. He, he used the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the soldiers that were chained to him. He was able to preach to them. You think about the Philippian jailer. We'll get into that in Acts 16. He, he preached the gospel everywhere he went, including inside of prison. But he was brought for the gospel's sake, for the, the message of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was, he was condemned as a criminal, and he was placed in prison. He says, wherein I suffer. But I want us to think, what he says there in verse number nine, look at it with me, the end of verse number nine. I want you to read that phrase with me. It says, but the word of God is not bound. Let's read that one more time, good and loud. But the word of God is not bound. So here, think about this. Paul, these are the last words of Paul. This is the last writings that we have from the apostle Paul before he, he's, he's killed, before he's put to death. And, and, and here they are, and he's saying, listen, I've, I've been put in prison. In fact, I'm in prison. I'm, I'm in Rome. I'm suffering. I, I'm, I'm in the Mamertine prison. It's no place. Uh, it's, it's no comfortable place. It's, it's, not, it's, not a, uh, it's not a Hilton Hotel at all. I mean, it is, it, it is a difficult, cold place. In fact, he asked for his cloak, that Timothy would bring along the cloak uh, and the scrolls, the parchments, and so on. But he's in Rome, and the word of God here in Rome, as he's in prison, he says, the, go- um, the gospel's actually making inroads into the Caesar's house. So he had a desire to go up to, um, to preach the gospel to the Caesars, but God brought him up there as a criminal, puts him in prison, and the Bible says in Philippians 4 and verse number 22, all the saints salute you chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. You know, there's, there, is, there, was, uh, there was those that were one to the Lord, even within the Caesar's house, under the ministry of the apostle Paul pretty amazing thing harvey says it this way as we think about god the power of god's word with irresistible divine energy it is advancing its career of triumph a career of triumph is is god's word and not just little pockets of triumph no god's word is not bound it might be uh, you might imprison a, a a christian but god's word is not bound advancing its career of triumph even while its defenders suffer imprisonment and martyrdom men die but christ and his gospel live and triumph through the ages how many people have tried to burn and get rid of um, the word of god how many nations have tried to stamp out the word of god it's not possible it's not possible. We still hold the word of God. They've tried, and we still hold on, on to the word of God tonight. It's preserved, and by the way, it's preserved by Almighty God to all generations. Thank the Lord for that. But it's powerful. And you know what Timothy needed to remember? Not only did Jesus triumph over death, but his word is triumphant too. You need to remember that. The word that you have in your lap tonight has triumphed over every adversity it will bring you through as well. This is Jesus Christ in, in, in written form. It will triumph. It has not lost its power in one way. We can endure when we remember that our Christ is triumphing. But we can also endure, notice in verse number 10, when we remember the salvation of Christ. Now notice here, verse number 10. He says, therefore I endure all things. All right? He's made a decision. Have you come to that decision where you've said, okay, Lord, I'll endure. I'm not going to back down. This isn't a boastful statement, but I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to endure under. I'm going to stay with it because of your salvation. Notice the idea of this salvation is, is, is being in a state of deliverance. Are you, is your status before God that you've been delivered, you've been justified, you've been redeemed? 
Yes or no? Isn't that a great place to be? Would you rather be anywhere else? You'd rather be back in the world? No. Timothy, you need to remember, you need to remember the salvation of Jesus Christ, what he has done for you. There's no condemnation, as a songwriter says, no condemnation now, I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. No condemnation. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, right? You remember, you remember what you were, you remember you know what you are, and he still loves you and he loves me. Yea, justified, O blessed thought. And sanctified salvation wrought. It's under the blood, oh, praise his dear name. You think about all that he has done for us in our salvation. And I want us to notice how Paul, um, Paul writes it here. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. And he talks about how that uh, for, the, for the chance or for the opportunity or for the potential of them coming to the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation. What salvation does is it first encourages the messenger. Paul here in prison is writing, I'm enduring so that the gospel, so that salvation can be advanced, so that salvation can be had by more people. Salvation encourages me. The salvation that we can have in Jesus Christ encourages me. That's what Paul was saying here to Timothy. I endure because of the salvation of Jesus Christ. I endure because what he has given me and what I have to offer other people. Paul's saying, I'm withstanding. I'm, I'm being encouraged. I am literally gaining courage from God because of the salvation, because of what God has given to me in salvation. In fact, Paul's actively, he's willingly, he is, he's saying, I'm making the choice right now to endure. I don't know how long this is going to go on. I don't know what the end's going to be, but I'm making the choice to endure. Maybe that's where you are tonight. You need to make a choice. I'm going to endure. No matter how crazy it gets at work, I'm going to endure for the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how crazy my health gets, I'm going to endure for the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what my family situation is, I'm going to endure for the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what my financial situation is, I'm going to endure for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he saved my soul. It encourages the messenger. Paul was there in Rome. He wanted to bring the gospel to Rome. And so he was there for the elect's sake, those who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know we could get into a, 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 a side note on that. And I just wanted you to understand that God does not elect people to, uh, to hell and elect people to heaven. We have a free will. Do you understand that tonight? Do you, do you with me tonight? Uh, there are those that believe in the sovereignty of God and believe that God um, picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. Understand the Bible has also, God has also given us a free will, and so we have the sovereignty of God. He's in control of all things. How many of you are thankful for that? And we have a free will. We have a choice to follow him, a choice to place faith, um, faith in him. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is, those are wonderful, wonderful words. But what Paul is saying is for those that would place faith in Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ is the one, is the ark of safety that God has chosen to bring men to himself. Those that choose to be inside that ark, those that place their faith in him, are saved, are part of the elect, those that place faith in Jesus Christ. So he says, I, 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 am, I endure for their sake. I endure for those that, who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What was Paul doing? He's continuing to look forward. That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus endured. Why? Hebrews 12 and verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What was that joy? You being reconciled to God. That's amazing. And he endured. 
And Paul says, I endure too. I'm right there with Jesus. Though I, I am, I, I'm not the same as Jesus, I'm right there. I'm following his example. You know what? Has it been a while since you have remembered what the salvation of Jesus Christ means to you personally? Does it encourage your heart to think on a Monday morning, you're not going to hell? We're all somber in here tonight. No, for real, you're not going to hell, friends. Think about that. There are people all over this community who have no clue where they're going in life. They don't know why they're here. They don't, they don't, they don't understand the purpose of their life. They're questioning their gender. They're questioning their relationships. They're questioning if God exists. They're questioning all these things. You have the gospel. You've been placed here as a messenger. Sometimes we wonder, should I endure? Should I stay in this whole thing? And Paul's saying, the reason I'm enduring, the reason I'm making a choice to endure is for the elect's sake, those that will come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God has a, some people for you to meet this week. I was really, really encouraged, and I mentioned it this morning, but I got another text from Brother Larry Carr. He says, hey, Pastor, I've, I've witnessed to my surgeon today when he came in to talk to me. He's just so excited to witness. He says, it really got me thinking about uh, when you said that God has placed me here for, to do his exact will right now. Well, he's, he, he's doing his exact will right now. He's, he's witnessing. It encourages his heart. You know what is encouraging to me about that? Is I'm watching a man who's, who's getting closer and closer to heaven's shore uh, realize, you know what? The, the salvation that I have, it's worth giving to somebody else, and it's wonderful to watch his eyes just be so bright as he's able to share that on. It encourages, just like Paul's saying here, it encourages the messenger. How many of you need encouraged tonight? Well, share the gospel. Share the gospel. Give out the good news. When you start to realize there's people around you, it, it, we get so temporal focused, don't we? That next bill. When we think about eternity, eternity is timeless, it's infinite. The matters of eternity I mean, it, it, it's just boundless. We get so focused on a little point in time, a little, a little meeting, a little, uh, you know, a, a problem in the scope of eternity, a, a little problem. And when we lift our eyes to realize, you know what, there's people out there whose eternal destinies can be changed with the word of my witness. And if I don't endure, there's someone that's not going to hear it today. And to think that I had the privilege to be able to share that with somebody. Wouldn't you ask God, Lord, give me somebody to, uh, to share Christ with this week? You don't have to be the greatest soul winner. You know, Brother Cliff, you, you mentioned, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. You're connecting people to Jesus. You know all Andrew did? You know all that Andrew did? The, the five times that he's mentioned in, in the Gospels, you know all that he did? He brought people to Jesus. That's all he did. Hey, would you go with me to church and hear a Gospel message? Would you come meet a friend? Would you do a Bible study with somebody? Just connecting people with Jesus. That encourages the, hear, um, the messenger. You might need encouragement and you think, well, if this problem would be solved, go give somebody the gospel and I guarantee you, when you see Jesus step into life, someone accept the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll just brighten your day. Uh, that's why Jesus said, when the disciples came back, at the, at the, the, when he was talking to the woman at the well, and they're like, you haven't eaten 
What are you going to do? And he goes, I have meat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of the Father. Right? My sustenance, my satisfaction, what sustains me is to do the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father? I'm down here to seek and to save that which is lost. Mm. Friends, it encourages the messenger. Do you need encouraged? Well, let's, let's share the good news. Let's share it everywhere we go this week. Let's ask for those opportunities. Salvation encourages the messenger because it brings deliverance to the receiver. Notice in verse number 10, that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so he says, listen, part of what encourages me and keeps me going is the salvation that there's still others out there that, that, that need to receive it. Paul was told, as he was in Corinth, Acts 18 and verse number 9, he says, uh, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have, do you remember it? For I have much people in the city. You know, sometimes we think about, well, does anyone want to hear? Anyone need to receive Jesus Christ? No, there's much people even in this city that still need to hear the gospel. Can you believe that there are people that still in this city have not opened up a Bible? There are little boys and girls that have not, not heard the name of Jesus or not understood who Jesus is as God, have not understood what sin is and how that offends God and how they can be reconciled to God. There are people in need right in this city. There are people in need right in your own neighborhood. Think about the deliverance that could be brought. You know that neighbor that bothers you? Right? The neighbor that, you know, you seem like oh, you can't get along or they're hard, difficult to get along with? You know the deliverance that Jesus Christ would bring to them? Well, how encouraging that is to continue on. We get so focused on the here and now and the, and the little things of life, but it, Paul's saying, listen, uh, it delivers the receiver. It, those that place faith, it gives deliverance to them. That's a reason to go on. That's a reason to stay encouraged, the salvation that God will give to them. And so the fact is that, that there are more sinners to be rescued out there, and it ought to cause us to say, I'm going to endure. I choose to endure today. I choose to endure on this Monday because there's someone at the gas station. There's someone at my workplace. There's someone around me that needs the Lord Jesus Christ, needs the opportunity to place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll endure some ridicule. I'll endure some leaving of my home to, uh, to take the gospel somewhere else. I'll endure some, uh, with less in order to support missions and, and, and encourage missionaries on the, the foreign mission field. I'll endure Paul is bringing this very important message to Timothy. Hey, Timothy, you need to endure, but it's going to come by remembering the triumph of Jesus Christ. He already rose from the dead. Praise God. He already rose from the dead. He is a triumphant Savior. We get to serve him, but there's a salvation that needs to be told, and that gives me a reason to continue on, but I want you to look at this lastly in verse 11 through 13. Remember the praises of Christ. Notice how it says here in verse number 11. It is a faithful saying, more than likely... Uh, this was a hymn that, uh, that the early church would have sung. Uh, can't say that for sure, and maybe you've heard something different, and, that, and that's fine, but more than likely it's a hymn. It, it kind of has a, a, a musical meter to it. And, uh, and it just gives praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so let's break this down as we, as we bring this to conclusion. Remembering the praises of, uh, of Christ, remembering who Christ is to us, uh, what we have in him, remembering that we have something very special in Christ. Did you notice what it said there in verse number 11? For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Uh, let's read that aloud. I want to make sure that you're awake tonight. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. And Paul is noting that we have an identification with Christ. We share with Jesus Christ in some ways. Notice we, we, uh, we can praise him and we have in him a resurrection with him. We identified with him in death. And he says, if you've identified with me in death, uh, you have, you're going to uh, live with me. You're going to be raised with me. This idea of death is just, uh, just what it sounds like. Death, to perish together. Reminds me of what the Bible says in, in John 3.16, how that, uh, that we should not perish but have everlasting life. He says, if, you've, if you died with me when I died, then you'll live with me. It implies a, a state once for all uh, of entering into, uh, in, the, in the past, at, at a moment of regeneration, it, it, it's the idea of that I have, I've died. That, that happened at a point in time, the moment I realized I'm a sinner, I need Jesus Christ, I died with Jesus Christ. That happened. The moment in time, it's fixed, it's done. We don't, we don't do that over and over. It, it happened. I identify with what he did at the cross. I place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, I live. The Bible says, Colossians 2 and verse number 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. He's raised him from the dead. You know, we have a resurrection with him. You know, that, that seems so out there sometimes. But the fact is, as Brother Tom mentioned this morning, we have life in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our life. He's raised us from the dead. What do we say when we baptize a, a person? Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to newness of life, or raised to walk in newness of life. That's exactly what happened. When he died, I died. All the wrath of God was, was poured out toward him. When he died, I died. I got to identify with him in, the, uh, in, in that moment there, but I got to also identify with him in his resurrection. When he raised from the dead, so didn't I. And all this is activated by faith. We live together. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, picture. And the Bible says in Colossians 3 and verse number 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, since you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. When we think about the praises of Christ, what we have in Christ, we were resurrected with Christ. We identify with him in that. You are a resurrected person. And, uh, you, you know, uh, even, even as we think about uh, we might physically die, but there's a glorious resurrection day coming when the Bible says uh, if he, he comes in the rapture that all the dead in Christ shall rise first. I'd rather be translated. How, how many of you are with me on that? I'd rather, I'd rather I hear the trumpet. I, I really hope that that happens in my lifetime. But if not, boy, there's a... There's a physical resurrection there that I get to experience. That'll be, that'll be uh, shocking, right? I, I don't know what that'll, what that'll feel like, but that's an amazing thing. We rise with him. We, that's what we have in him. But notice what he goes on to say in this, in, the, in this praise song. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. We shall reign with him. We have a reign with him. We have this opportunity, and we look forward to that day when he comes back. How many of you are looking forward uh, to uh, riding behind the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of you really like horses? Okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a horse person. I don't 
I don't despise them. I haven't really, maybe have ridden one once. My wife loves horses, is severely allergic to them. Uh, so she has to, take, uh, has to take allergy meds in order to get near one, like near one. Uh, but, but horses are an amazing thing, beautiful, especially when you think about those war horses and, and, and what Jesus Christ will be coming back on those white horses and coming down into that scene of the, uh, the battles of, uh, at Armageddon all together waging the war against Israel and uh, Jesus Christ coming down and setting things straight in that, in that battlefield. And we will observe all of that with one word of his mouth. He'll destroy all the armies of the world. We're going to come back and he's going to set up that thousand year reign on the throne of David and we will get to reign with him. Now, something interesting about that. He says here, if we suffer. The word just simply means if we endure, if we stay under. If we stay under, if day by day you and I make that choice to stay under, the idea of, well, all the world might be pressuring us and trampling on us, if we make the choice to stay under, we will reign with him. Now, what's, the, what's uh, so great about that? In proportion to how we, re, uh, we endure right now, will also, we'll also be the proportion with which we reign later on. Think about this, Luke 19 and verse number 17, and he will say unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. The idea that we can just kind of slough through the Christian life and, and then um, be awarded with, uh, with a, a larger reign or a, a, a greater reign uh, is, is, is something that you know, it's just not true. Uh, Jesus says right there in that passage, Luke chapter 19, he says, those who have been faithful in the little will be rewarded with a greater reign. And so what he's saying, listen, if you suffer, you endure, you stay with me, you do my will, you do my will in, in, in your workplace, you do my will where I've placed you, uh, you can understand that you will reign with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set down with, a, uh, with my father in his throne. What a great day. What a great day it's going to be when we get to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. What we have in Jesus should inspire a praise song. We should sing his praises. I'm raised with him. One day I'll get to reign with him. Ought that not motivate our faithfulness? But I want you to notice also, we should, we should remember his praises because of what we know about him. Because the last section there is kind of a converse section of the first. The first one's very positive. Those first, that first section that we just talked about in this song is very positive. We die, we were dead with him, we rise with him, we suffer, we endure with him, we get to reign with him. That, there's some positive parts, but notice what it says here. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, and he goes on, uh, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Now think about this. Uh, this passage of Scripture is not teaching loss of salvation. How many of you understand that? Okay. Why? Because the Bible all over teaches us that, that salvation is a, a final. Eternal life is a final gift. So we place faith in Jesus Christ. He gives that to us once and for all. John 10, 20, 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John three sixteen. he says, Those that believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So just like there's a positive reality in our relationship with Jesus Christ, there's also some negative realities to those that reject on the Lord Jesus Christ. Those that deny him will be denied. 
Uh, Jesus himself said that in Matthew 10 and verse 33. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. So he says, those that deny me, those that reject me, those that, that are against, uh, against me in this life, those will I deny. But also, those that are unbelieving will be condemned. The Bible says in uh, Revelation 21 and verse 8, but the fearful, and notice, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. So he says, those that are unbelieving, those that, are, that, are, uh, that do not place faith, those will be condemned. And so that's, that's a stark reality. Well, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the day that he got a hold of my heart as a 12-year-old boy and helped me to realize, you, you've been growing up in a Christian home, but you don't know me personally. I'm thankful for that day. I'm thankful for the day that he changed my destiny. I'm thankful for the fact that at that point I died with Christ and I also got to uh, rise with Christ. I've been uh, raised, I have a new man inside, as 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells me. Uh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm thankful for that day. But the stark reality, there are people that are denying the Lord Jesus Christ right now and they will be denied before him. The idea that, oh, how could a good God send people to uh, hell? He's given the opportunity. He's giving the opportunity right now. Life is an opportunity to receive and be reconciled with God. He says it's, it's real. Those that deny him will be denied. Those that are unbelieving will be condemned. Yet he abideth faithful. This is where we really get to what we know about him. Though the world may say no to Jesus Christ, though there might be some out there that say no to Jesus Christ, yet he abides faithful. One person that, one atheist, listen, there are many atheists in the world, but one atheist is not a threat to his faithfulness. Just because there's many out there that, that deny him and are against him, Jesus abideth faithful. He continues day after day after day throughout all of eternity. He abides faithful. He is characterized by this. This, this faithfulness that he says here is a is an adjective it, it literally describes my lord he is a faithful savior all the people that are against him in our world today and don't want us to pray in jesus name all the folks that are denying him and unbelieving and say you're crazy for following after him all those people do not change the fact that he is a faithful savior those people that you go to work with that deny him and ridicule you and you know, uh, throw jabs at you for who you are in following Jesus Christ. Those people do not change the fact that Jesus still abides faithful. We need to remember that. Christ's faithfulness is not changed because of the faithlessness of mankind. Not changed one iota. In fact, it says here, he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. This word deny here is a little bit different than the other word, uh, words deny it means to contradict. He cannot contradict himself. He cannot violate his character. Isn't that good about our Lord? He cannot violate his character. He is faithful. He will always be faithful no matter what the world does, no matter what your unsaved family does, no matter what those in leadership over us do, he remains faithful. And that's a reason to endure, friends. That's a reason to press on we know it's right to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We know it's, there's a reward waiting for those that have been faithful. Yet in the midst, 
We get tired, we get worn out. And Paul says to Timothy, I want you to remember Jesus. He triumphed over the grave. His word's still triumphing. He has a career of triumphing. Remember his salvation that he's given you. It should encourage your heart. Give it to somebody else and it'll encourage your heart even more. Remember his praises. Remember his praises. What we know about him. What we have in him. We have a resurrection. We're going to reign with him. We're going to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. What we know of him is that he abides faithful. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. Friends, endure. Make that choice. Make that choice. By God's grace, you may pray tonight with me. Lord, help me to endure in this week. Don't be worried about five years from now. Lord, help me to endure in this week. There's challenges that are unique to this week. Lord, help me to endure this week. I make that choice tonight, but I'm asking you for your grace to do it. Would you bow with me in prayer and stand tonight? In recent year, uh, days, I've been very, very encouraged by Hebrews 12 and verse number 1 uh, through 2 and how it tells us that we, if we're going to run the race that God has set before us, we have to look to Jesus. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, listen. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You're tired out. You're worn out. I should just give up. Consider him. Remember him. Father, bless this congregation with endurance. Help us to withstand, to stay under the pressure. Lord, I pray that we'd find a quiet place with you every day this week so that we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind, so that we can be still and know that you are still God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to find some times this week where we can just recount the mercies that you've shown towards us and going to the cross for us in our place, giving us a grand redemption, raising our, our deadness and raising us up from our deadness and giving us a, a reason to exist and telling others about your salvation. Lord, thank you for what we know about you. Thank you for our future with you. Lord, help us to endure. We need your strength and we need your grace. Lord, help your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.